Yes and is a mantra that can be applied to every aspect of your life. These two words are ground zero for all creativity. These two words will help you shut down fear. These two words can change your life if you'll let them. Yes, I'm serious. And this podcast is on a mission to show you how. I'm Judy Holler, the host of Yes And. If Dr. Dre and Amy Poehler had a baby, um, that would basically be me. Listen, if you're looking for a no BS approach to life, business, and your mental health, then you are in the right place. So welcome to Yes And, where we smash comfort zones and navigate the unscripted stage of everyday life together. This is a Soul Fire production. You're listening to episode 66. Well, hey there and welcome back or welcome to Yes And. And this specifically is Gin and Juiced, the monthly series within the Yes And podcast that explores alcohol-free living, addiction, recovery, and living a high-vibe life without booze. So I'm your host, Judy Holler, and with me is my gin and juice co-host, Amanda Zayner. What's up, Amanda? Hey, listeners. Hey, Judy. Grateful (laughs) to be back on the pod today. It's so good to be with you. And did you notice I'm drinking a little afternoon coffee? So, okay, one of the things that's happened for me since I quit drinking, by the way, um, I'm into all the bevies. Like, I've always loved drinks in the bubbly and like all the fizzy, sparkling, give it to me, all of it. Uh, but I've, and I've always loved coffee. But now I'm into decaf. I'm into decaf. And I do an afternoon decaf every now and then uh, because I don't like drinking caffeine afternoon because it you know, keeps me up all night. But I'm currently drinking my afternoon decaf with my fresh out of fucks coffee mug. And I just wanted to acknowledge the <laughs> magicalness of this. I know you can't see it. So just imagine a cute white little coffee mug from Etsy that's got some florals and shit. And it just says in big black letters, that I'm fresh out of fucks. And, and sometimes I definitely, I kind of feel like that today, yeah. most days, you know what I mean? Just one of those days where you're just like, good God. By the time the afternoon hits, you're like, you know what? Now it's just execute or end the day, right? Like that's kind of where you're at. We're execute. recording this at like 4.30. It's like either we're <laughs> done with all the Fs or we just need to keep on executing. All right, keep on moving, right? Well, you That's know right. what? It's all about moving. So Amanda, I got to ask you, let's just start. Let's just start by you telling me something good. By the way, I'm going to pause there really quick. You guys, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. Like when I'm on the phone with maybe a prospect or someone that I'm uh, thinking about hiring or or working with, or it's just a regular call. Sometimes Amanda and I even do this, but it's, you know, tell me something good. It's sort of forces someone into a positive corner. So instead of like, how's the weather? What are you up to? Like the boring shit you talk about, you literally force someone to be like, oh, tell me something good. And of course my dogs are barking. Don't you guys know we're recording a podcast episode? They're trying to tell you something good. Maybe they are trying to tell me something good. You know, do you guys have something good going on? Anyway, Amanda, come on girl, give me something good. Tell me something good. So I love this question because it really does make you think about the good things and it's important that we focus on that. So I'm going to tell you the truth. I am feeling 
really so much in energetic alignment right now that, you know, there's a lot going on and, you know, Judy and I work together. And so we've been through some ebbs and flows of experience with like energy being really good and things feeling really good, but what is happening now feels different Mm. and it feels opening and it feels transformative and it feels like we're shifting into a larger purpose. And Mm. to be honest with you, while I've always felt a part of your company, I feel like I know where I fit as we're moving into this next kind of phase. So I feel like that's kind of awesome and good. And it's making me feel really high vibe and excited. Mm. So I hope that answers your question. Oh my God, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. And that makes me so happy selfishly that you feel that way because I always want you to feel a part of where we're going and where we're at and all the things. And that's awesome. And uh, yes, we have some really cool things coming on. We um, actually, one of our Vibe and Thrivers, June, she'll probably probably be listening. Um, you know, we've got a couple Vibe and Thrivers that are coming back for the Vibe and Thrive Masterclass, which is crazy. So think about this. We're opening up a class a spring course where we teach people uh, mindset practices around setting goals and achieving goals and and making things happen in their lives. And we have people coming back and doing the class again, which is so cool. But the point- So rad. Yeah, it's so rad. But the point of this story is June was like, you know, sometimes, and maybe it wasn't June, maybe it was another Vibe and Thriver, but June is sparking this conversation. And it's just really in alignment with why she's probably coming back. Cause she's like, I just wish like, so many people wish there was something else, like something more. And so what I'm trying to tell you, the listener, is we're working on that. We hear you. We know you want more. We know that when you finish the masterclass or whenever you get out of a keynote or you finish a book or even listen to the podcast every Wednesday, you're like, oh my God, what's like, we want more. So Amanda and I are listening and we've got some really cool shit up our sleeves. So I love that you're as excited about the future as I am. So that is definitely something good. Totally. So tell me, what's something good happening with you? Okay. So something good happening with me. Well, yo, um, I went home to St. Louis. So I'm off by a day this whole week. I um, got back on Monday from St. Louis and I went to see my family for the first time in 18 months since everything went down uh, from a COVID perspective. And it was just awesome. I got to snuggle my niece and nephew. Um, I got to see my sister and my mom. And it actually was really pleasant. If you've read my book or followed along, you know, I got some mommy issues. Um, And, you know, it, it, it it was pretty positive. And that was cool. And um, got to see my dad and my family. And it just really filled my soul up. And it was the first time I've been back to St. Louis uh, where I didn't leave with level 10 depression and anxiety. I actually left um, with some hope. I mean, there's always a little anxiety when you see family and you live in a family dynamic that is a little... um, chaotic at times. Um, I know you can relate, uh, but I left this trip and maybe it's because my sister moved to a new house. So it was not us going out to dinner to like hang out with my dad and people. It was like spending time over home cooked meals. And that makes a big difference. Like I got to see my dad twice in each time for like five hours. So I saw my dad like 10 hours when normally I'd see him for two hours over like two one hour dinners. And it was nice. And even my mom, I can't can't even believe I'm about to say this, but I like got to see my mom. She came over at four on Sunday and she didn't leave until like 10 that night. Like a lot of time with my mom and it was good. So I am still riding that wave and I take the little wins that I can get when I can get them. So thank you for asking. That is something good. And uh, I'm really happy about it. That's amazing. That's more than good. More More than than good. good. More than good. 
Okay, so I loved being home with my family. Um, but you know what else I love, Amanda? What? Okay. What do you love? Okay. I love reading the freaking badass iTunes reviews for the podcast. You guys, every single review you leave means so much. If you could see me right now, legit, my hand is on my heart. It means so much. And I want to reward you for that. So every week I pick at random a review and select a listener of the week, which means that you get a special surprise for me. Maybe it's a signed book. Maybe it's a signed workbook. Maybe it's a planner. Maybe it's some swag. Yo, it's all fair game. And let me tell you, I live for your reviews. Amanda, have you gotten to read any of the reviews lately? They're so good. I cannot. They are so good. They're so fun to read and I can't thank you enough. So this week's listener of the week is Holly Carmichael Brunson. I went back to January and she writes, keep it rad, Judy. Okay, and I had to pick this one because the word rad, just you had me at the word rad and Holly, you're definitely rad. She writes this, y'all, yes, sand brings the fun, the vibes and the motivation you need to hear every day to move your life and your business forward. She keeps it real and keeps it on the up and up. I'm glad to have found this podcast. So Holly, I'm so glad you found this podcast. We love you. We see you. Your review means the world. So do me a favor, shoot me a DM on Instagram if you hang out there or email me at hello at judyholler.com to claim your prize. Okay, Judy. So I love that your good thing was that you went home because I really was hoping you brought this up. Um, you got to see your family. And then of course I was stalking you on Instagram so I could see you're cute. Uh, <laughs> they were so adorable. And I know that you went out with um, your friends while you were there. And we have received a lot of questions and there's been some conversations even inside of Clubhouse and DMs around this a little bit of anxiety with friendships and you know going alcohol free and losing friendships or the adjustment of friendships so i really feel like maybe we should talk about that yeah totally i think it's a good place to start and like a perfect segue so um yeah let's jam on this okay so yes i went home and we did have a dinner saturday night and two of my very dear girlfriends were there that I've known, uh, oh my gosh, since 2002. So uh, we've come up together, right? In the party, party, party days, right? And um, one of them is more of a drinker than the other one. One of them is a ish drinker, like she'll drink, her husband doesn't drink, ish. And then the other one, yeah, is one of my favorite party girls, right? And so when two former party girls reunite and one of them is no longer, and I'm doing air quotes, a party girl, because listen, yo, I'm still a good time. Um, I was nervous, um, not about myself, because I know I'm gonna be okay. And I also knew the restaurant I was going to, um, was a really great place that had a beautiful spiritless menu. Like they had the quality non-alcoholic drinks, really beautiful like non-alcoholic gins and all these cool elixirs and uh, athletic brewing company beers like that are all non-alcoholic and really lovely. And it, it, do you notice, like, I don't know if you've eat cause we don't go out as much as we used to, but yo, there is a movement. The fact that you can go into a restaurant and literally get a spiritless drinks menu, menu rather, menu, uh, made me so fucking happy. I was like, I felt seen, you know what I mean? 
I don't know if you've seen hundred percent. Yeah. So if you recall, we were at our dinner um, when they made those custom menus and it was like the holiversary and they had an amazing uh, mocktail and we got to toast um, with the mocktail. So I love that. And it's definitely a trend that's super timely. And didn't it make you feel more like not weird? So yeah. Okay. So a hundred percent, it felt like it gave me something fun and different than like a freaking club soda with a lime or a water. Cause you get kind of over that. And you know, I don't want a freaking O'Doul's not to be a snob, but it's not good. So I'd rather just drink a club soda with some muddled berries and like, uh, you know, uh, cranberry on top or something. I'm a former bartender, right? So, I mean, I can make, uh, well, let me back behind the bar, right? Um, so it was myself, uh, my friend Jennifer, my friend Rose, my sister, and then Rose brought her two girls, well, her girl and then her girl's best friend. So two eighth graders. So me and the eighth graders got these fancy ass mocktails, right? And, and we all toasted and we had a toast and I put it on the Instagram and, you know, showed everybody like I'm out and I'm doing my thing and it's okay. But it definitely... It always, it comes up, but it wasn't weird, but it's also because I know we weren't in a situation that was going to become a party situation. Like it was a dinner with a start and an end. It wasn't like I was meeting them at like a karaoke bar or like the Bush stadium when we were going to a Cardinals game and then going to hit after bars. Like I knew I had a hard out because I don't think I would put my, first of all, let's just be honest. And yo, if you are alcohol free or exploring this journey, drunk people really, they they are not, it is not fun. It is not fun to be around people that are wasted. And you really see people and situations in a different lens. So can we talk about what my big fear really is? It's not so much my friends not hanging out with me or not inviting me because I know my ride or dies will be my ride or dies. And I do have a small fear that I may lose friends because what if the booze? is why I liked that individual to begin with. So maybe there's some of that lingering around, but I know my writer dies and my writer dies. And we'll just explore that journey as it unfolds. I'm afraid of being the person that is like, am I judgmental? Like, cause I watch myself sitting there and I observe people who drink and I'm like, whoa, I don't want to be judgy. I'm not judging. Good for you. Go have a good time. But you can't help but notice that drunk people act very differently and let their guard down and trust people differently. So did you ever go through this? You're way further along in the journey than me. And you're on a journey of sobriety, which is different than a journey of alcohol-free living, right? Do you ever feel as you sit there at a table, have you ever had anyone go, are you okay? Are you having fun? Oh, so oh my gosh. About that because the, that's the annoying part. Like I'm fine. I just, I'm not drinking. <laughs> it's so annoying. So I have been there many, many times. And when you are sober, there's some really strange things that happen. So first of all, you watch personalities completely change. Yes. So because you're not drinking, most of the time, I'll be honest with you, in an environment where lots of drinking is happening, people don't even realize you're not drinking. So they might notice at first, but they don't realize. Um, but I've certainly been asked a number of times, like, are you okay? Like, uh, are you not having fun? Yeah. And at first it would be kind of uncomfortable for me. And then suddenly I got very clear, like number one, if you saw y'all right now, <laughs> you would realize that like, I'm good. And I don't actually want to participate in whatever mess is starting to happen here. Um, 
Yeah, what I really answer most of the time is I'm totally good. I'm not having the same time you're having, but if I wasn't having a good time, I promise you, I wouldn't be here. I would leave, you know, like it's in my power to like get up and walk away and, and go home if I'm ready to call it. Yet my inhibitions are not as low as the people around me, you know, tossing them back, which makes me a little more hesitant to, I guess, probably loosen up. Yeah. Whereas if I had had a couple of drinks, it would be really easy for me to throw all my insecurities to the wind and be like, who cares? Right. Yeah. But I'm just more aware of myself. Yeah. Uh, but definitely. And I have friends that made things feel a little weird at first because they were acting weird. Hmm. So they weren't going to drink because I was there. And I'm like, that makes me way more uncomfortable 100%. than you sitting here and having a drink like you've done for the 30 years that we've known each other. Yes. Yes. And here's the other thing I noticed, like my brother-in-law, God love him. He kept going. So how long is this going to go on for? Like he can't, I think he probably asked me that question 30 times. Like, okay. So you thinking like to the summer, like maybe the summer, oh, for your birthday. Like, so Judith, like, was it a thing or was it a, like, it's like people either want a story. Like I had some fucking blackout rock bottom. Now listen, I've had some blackout rock bottom moments in my twenties and thirties that, you know, maybe one day we'll go into the archives and share some stories. But you know, uh, I did not have a crazy, what made me do this was not, like a scandalous story. And I think some people are looking for the scandalous story or they want to know when you're going to drink again. And so I think I'm comfortable. I think sometimes people um, and even some of my very closest people have wondered, well, you know, like if you go out and just have a glass of wine, you're going to be good. Like, you know, maybe this summer, like they're wanting me to, to give them the buy-in that I'm going to be normal again. And that's what's fucking hard. Like, th like there's something not normal about, like, think of all the other drugs people do and don't, that, that, that we, that they have, that you're not supposed to do, but with alcohol, it's such a different stigma. It's like the only drug that is actually worse than heroin and what is it, opioids? What was yeah. the that you could, what are the things oh. you die from? Give me your stat from yesterday. We were talking about this. So withdrawal, as far as like withdrawal, you can't really I'm die. Yeah, you can't die from withdrawal from opiates. You can't really die from withdrawal from like cocaine or you can certainly have organs that react poorly, but the withdrawal that you can die from is benzodiazepines, which are the Xanax and the uh, Ativan kind of drugs and alcohol. And alcohol and alcohol. Yet we do not ask someone who has quit smoking when they're gonna, oh, maybe this summer you'll have a cigarette or, oh, you just put down the heroin. You know what, when are you gonna have a little heroin again? When are you gonna, you know, and I'm not saying like I was a heroin addict with my alcohol by any means, but, but it is something I'm laying down. It is a drug and it is an addictive drug. And it was one that was taking me down a path that I didn't like. And so I'm doing something brave. And so to ask someone who has decided to stop drinking when they're gonna have another drink is a really fucked up experience to move through. And I feel like it happens a lot more than I thought. So I'm not so worried about like losing friends. I'm worried about maybe me viewing some of the friendships I have in different ways because I'm seeing people in a different way. And that'll bubble up as I get back to freaking life and go out with my friends again. Um, I do sometimes worry that maybe I won't be invited to certain things because they're drinking things like winery trips. But then I'm like, I don't know if I want to go on a fucking winery trip. Like, to be honest, thank you for not inviting me. Because it right. sounds like a fucking shit show. Yes. And you will find 
that it's really interesting. So Laura McCowan that wrote the book, mm -hmm. We Are the Luckiest, who we're obsessed with, she just did a live about this. So it's- I it's, loved it. It's really timely, right? And the interesting thing is as people, a lot of people have went alcohol free or gotten sober inside of the COVID cocoon. That's right, the COVID cocoon. That's, and that's really what poured gasoline on, on things for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so as the world kind of- Wakes we up. start moving inside of a world that's waking up, I think there's a lot of anxiety around that. And one of the things she said was, you don't have to go participate in anything where it makes you feel uncomfortable. And for me, like, I'm not, I don't mind going to a bar. There are some people in my yeah. situation that that's an absolute no-no and they cannot do it. For me, uh, it's not something that's bothered me. I also worked in an industry where alcohol has been prevalent. And I always mm -hmm. felt like I really needed to make sure I could manage that safely um, as I navigated through my sobriety. So I've, I'm not intimidated by that yet. Why do I want to go on a wine tour? Yeah. I will, I can go places while you go tour wine that are beautiful and take a walk and yeah. go shopping. And I'm not afraid to do those things alone yet. I don't have any desire to go on a wine trip and my friends go and do that. And I don't feel left out. I just, I'm excited when I'm like, we get to do things where it's like more, it's different activity. Right. Right. I mean, a wine trip is literally just drinking. And like you said, like it's day drinking, it ends up being a sloppy. Right. <laughs> Usually there's a few fights, a lot of tears. Hey, crying, <laughs> crying, so fighting, like, things I'm coming good. out. Yeah. All the, all the things. And listen, let's go back to the judgment thing. This is where I start to feel guilty. I'm like, oh my God, am I turning into that girl that's judging people that are drinking? No, yet I'm aware and I'm awake to what it really is. It's a drug that alters and changes your chemical makeup, your mind, the way you act, the way you speak. And that there is nothing wrong to being awake to that. Homework assignment, maybe you're sober curious and you're listening to this. So take a Friday, take a night, maybe it's a Friday night, you go out with neighbors that you like to go drink with or whatever you do, you have people over, don't drink and just watch. And you will find yourself feeling probably the same way I'm feeling and Amanda feels sometimes because it is hard to be around people who don't, it's one thing to go out with someone who has a couple of drinks, you have a start time and an end time. But when you're in an environment of drinking, 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 it's fine, that's for you, it's not for me. Um, but it's hard not to look at that through the lens of holy fucking shit like that was me it's more like i'm judging myself i'm yes. like that is it makes you question your relationships and your friendships and the way you get i mean the things i did and or said because i wasn't in my right mind so i'm i think i'm struggling a lot with the judgment thing i don't want people to be like oh she's judging me because i'm a drinker i'm really not i don't judge no. her because they smoke i really do not for me i would rather not be in a an all night drinking situation or an overnight drinking situation. I'm gonna put myself, and this is probably my tip, put yourself into situations that have a start time and an end, and end time, right? So it's a dinner. Right. Um, or, you know, you go, you're in a bar, but it's, you know, you know, you're going to meet them at five and have burgers and whatever. And then you're done by eight, you know, like those all night, uh, 
Dive bars, dive bars are hard for me because I used to love them. Wineries would be hard for me. That's a trigger uh, because I loved day drinking. So I'm just going to be smart about it. But yeah, the judgment thing, I never want people to think, um, especially those closest to me, that I'm going to be like, I'm not having fun or are you okay? Or the judgment thing. That's what I think scares me the most. Like people stop inviting me around. But what the truth is, Amanda, and this just hit me, it's not me. It's more... Don't you think that so many people, and you've been doing this for a while, so I'm just going to put this out. Maybe I'll say it right. Maybe I won't. We'll see what happens. I feel like people are worried about you not drinking because it shines a light on a potential problem they may have for themselves or a sword they're not ready to lay down yet. You brought up a great point. When I first started exploring this journey and we were talking about dry January, people that do not have an alcohol problem do not do sober October or dry January. But people who believe that they have a bit of a problem with alcohol, detox from the substance. And that's just the reality of the fact. And so that was a massive wake up call for me. And let's be clear, I could never make it past two weeks. Um, and, and, and that was a red flag inside the red flag. But at the time, I just thought I was following this healthy trend and it's all a bunch of bullshit. You know, at the end of the day, if you feel like you need a sober October or a dry January or need to detox in some capacity, you probably have a sword you want to lay down, need to lay down, but you don't know how how to lay it down and someone in front of you um, who has always, you know, waved that sword around with you is laying the sword down. They've left the fucking playground. Now what? People right. don't know what to do with it. And am I kind of getting that right? Is that what your experience has been a little bit with friends? and? Things? Yes, I agree with you. And I'll add to that, that there's a very interesting power dynamic shift that takes place when, you know, and not that this is your experience. So I'll put it like for me, like when, you know, chaos would ensue because I would had too many drinks, yeah. right? Like it could all be blamed on me. And the, there was no responsibility needed for the situation or the disagreement or the validity, let's yeah. be honest, of whatever transpired. Mm -hmm. And so I think that also becomes a concern. So you first are like examining yourself, like, well, if she if she has a problem, like, and I'm worse than her, like, what does that say about me? And then also the fear, I think the friendship loss is also the fear of a shift in power dynamic because people do have power over you. If, you know, they can make fun of you for being sloppy or bring up war stories that kind of activate your shame, you know, like, and we've all done it. I mean, I'm certainly guilty of doing that too. Yeah. Uh, so I think that it's a, it's a multifaceted kind of, fear and judgment is just looking at the reality of the situation of where you are and we're all allowed to change our mind and we're all allowed to shape shift into new and better people okay so a quick pause in our regularly scheduled content here to share something big with you. So I'm always on the hunt for companies and brands who align with the intention of this show and you, the listener, because every time I record an episode for you, it costs a lot of money to get each episode into your ear every week. And in order to help with that, we're on the hunt for the right companies that I align with and that I feel you'll align with too 
to help support our mission. And it's with great excitement and alignment to say that Organifi oh, is one of those companies. Now, you can go to Organifi, and that's spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash yes and to get 15% off and support this podcast every time you purchase one of their badass products. Now, my current obsessions are, I've got two of them, the green juice. Yo, it's fucking delish. And I'm serious. I was using another product and when they sent me their greens, I knew it was destiny. They even have these like travel packs. So when I get back on the road uh, more frequently, it'll definitely be a game changer. Yo, it's so good. You just mix it with cold water and you're off to the races and it's got 11 superfoods in it. It is so legit. And number two, their immunity packets are to die for, and they're the perfect way to stay healthy on the go. So when you support this company, you're not only supporting yourself and your health, this company is the bee's knees, you're also supporting the podcast. So it's a win-win. So make sure you use our special link, Organifi, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash yes, and to get 15% off any time you shop. Thank you. And thank you, Organifi for supporting this podcast. I'm excited because, you know, as we continue the conversation, I wanted to ask you um, about something else. Uh, you posted a video. Yeah. Um, you posted a video and it kind of knocked on my door of my soul a little bit. And I thought I would love to talk to you about it if you're comfortable having that conversation. Yeah. Is it the TikTok video? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it because okay. I definitely want your advice because I'm panicking a little bit about it. Um, and it was also a really fucking weird situation. So why don't you, I would love to hear you tell the listener how, what you thought when you saw the video. Well, tell everybody what I, what the video was and then like, give me your knee jerk reaction to it. Okay. So Judy was had a doctor's appointment mm -hmm. and the doctor commented like she had lost some weight and she said oh has anything in your life changed and judy responded yeah well i quit drinking and the physician's question follow-up to that was well are you an alcoholic and that's a direct question with the opportunity for one of two answers yes. a yes or oh. a no <laughs> what the fuck right and like I mean, respect to all doctors out there, but we are way further into this understanding of the science behind addiction and alcohol and all of that to like ask a pointed question like that. So actually it, it kind of pissed me off. So yeah. what was that experience like for you? Yeah, definitely shocked. And it was the PA, the physician's assistant, and uh, she said it very like, oh, are you an, are you an alcoholic? Like, like. It was, it caught me, it caught me so off guard and um, I stuttered, I didn't know what to do. And I, and I said, well, yeah, yeah, well, 
Well, I decided yes, but, and so I heard myself say yes, but then I'm like, I don't really think that I am an alcoholic, but I definitely know that I had alcoholic tendencies. So does that make me an alcoholic? So next thing you know, I'm like sweating and I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, I'm proud of myself for saying something. Then I'm like, well, holy fucking shit. I just said something and I just set me in a spiral. So I get on TikTok. So I have this like TikTok account, which was really started. It's gin and juiced. Um, so you can probably search my name, whatever. Um, and it's gin and and underscore juiced, I think something like that, a play off of this series. And it was just a way for me to find support and share my journey. And it's been really cool, right? Building community, getting advice, sharing my story, journaling what I'm experiencing. So I put it on TikTok and I tell people, and you know, I mean, it starts getting like so many views, 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 views. I think in 24 hours, I got like 10,000 views and all kinds of cool comments. And of course, some weird people like that's going to be on your fucking record. You're crazy and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Like, so, okay. It goes back to where we're, where I think you're going. Like we need to have a conversation about labels and shame. And first of all, that no one should ever back you in a corner to make you define yourself with a yes or a no answer. Because anytime you lay down an addiction or a bad habit, yo, I don't know about you, but that shit is complicated. There is just not a yes or no answer. And the labels piss me off. And I think this is why quitting booze is so lonely. Yeah, I agree with you. Right. So I backed Amanda's story and then I I started panicking because I post the video and all these things and it's inspiring all these people. And yeah, I'm proud of myself, but I'm like, well, hold on. That's not the whole story. And I'm like, what have I just done? Like, I've admitted to the freaking world, the world, you know, what you, but you know, it feels like the right. world, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm like, I really don't believe that I am, but I do believe I was heading down a dangerous path and I have alcoholic tendencies. So now, what do I do, Amanda? <laughs> so, okay. no, talk to me. Like, but yeah, it pissed me off. But I was also proud of myself because I'm really on a mission. It's why I wanted to do this series. I want people to stop feeling ashamed, like for their addiction, for the things that maybe a shadow side of their personality and of themselves. You know, we talk about mental health and mental wellness and anxiety and depression and panic disorder and all these things. We have to stop shaming others and make people fit into a label. But at the same time, no doctor really should have done that to me. So like, what do I do? Do I erase the TikTok? Do I film a new one? Am I an alcoholic? Am I not? What would you have done in my scenario? You know what I mean? Dr. Amanda. Right. Okay. So since I'm the authority on this. So, my crystal straw this is a crystal straw it's amazing i love that so we started this talk um in the first gin and juice episode about the difference between being alcohol free and being alcoholic and the labels and we kind of landed on this you define call yourself label yourself not label yourself however you feel comfortable and after we had that conversation i pulled out a few books and I'm really welcoming the opportunity to talk about this again, cool. uh, especially in this context, because it really bothered me. It really turned a light bulb on for me. And I feel like it's an opportunity to educate. Let's do it. Are you going to teach us if you, for Amanda? Let's if you talk. don't mind, I would like I would like to lean on an expert, Holly Whitaker, yes, um, and is. the words that she used. And I'm going to read an excerpt because this is really, really important and where there's a huge problem and uh, where I feel like this question lies. Because are you or are you not? There's tendencies which are incredibly important to recognize. And I want to say this now. If I would have done in your situation... If I would have started seeing red flags and not freaking ignored them, 
I might not have crossed over this line that I know I personally have crossed over. So let me give you a little bit of wisdom here. It's a small excerpt, but really important. Okay. The label alcoholic and the diseased alcoholism keeps us focused on the constructs and distracts us from the real problem at hand, which is our cultural and individual relationship with alcohol and addiction. We should be able to ask ourselves these simple questions and answer honestly. Does alcohol negatively impact my life? And if so, should I take steps to address my relationship with it? Instead, we are conditioned to ask one question, which is whether or not we might be alcoholic. And only then, only if we qualify, are we supposed to do anything about it? And inside of this, she lists 10 reasons why the labels alcoholic and alcoholism should die. And this is something I found after we had that conversation. And it's really important. Oh, good. They suggest the problem lies on the extreme end of the spectrum, full-blown addiction. And that's not where the majority of problem drinking lies. Mm. 90%, 90% of heavy drinkers defined as women who drink more than eight beverages a week and men who drink more than 15 are not addicted. Let me repeat, nine out of 10 people who struggle with alcohol are not clinically addicted, not alcoholics. A 2014 study published by the Centers for Disease Control reported that 29% of adult Americans 18 and over met the definition of problem drinking. This means 51 million abuse alcohol and are vulnerable to developing a chemical dependence, but only 5 million of those qualify as clinically addicted. And because we have come to accept that only those who are addicted truly need help, we don't have adequate prevention or treatment programs for the population who is most at risk, problem drinkers, who are not firmly addicted. Mm -hmm. We wait until people bottom out. We fail to address those who are not addicted, but simply struggle, which is akin to waiting for a heart attack to check cholesterol and then treat it. And I have goosebumps. My God. So again, let me commend you, my beautiful friend, for seeing and feeling, I could cry. I know. For seeing and feeling that you knew that there was potentially something going to develop. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not a diagnoser here, but like, I don't see you as an alcoholic. It's not a label. You know, I know that you've said it and I know that it's a hard thing. And God, honestly, it's such a brave thing. Yet you have done something so fucking brave, so courageous to start talking about something before it impacted your life. You're a public person. How hard is it to then have people put in your mind the fear like, oh my God, like, am I going to get hired? Like you said, hey, guess what? I think I might be heading down a path that I know is going to be a hard mountain to climb. And you know what? I'm, I'm calling it. Yeah. And like, kudos to you, girl. Boom. That shit is so fucking powerful. Yeah. So you feel proud of yourself. Yeah. Yes. Fuck fuck what everybody says. You do whatever you feel comfortable with, but going back to the doctor, like it's not a yes or no. No. It's a very gray area. It should not be like you say about smoking, like, well, good for you. And the question should be like, regardless of why you stopped, you know, that's a really, really good thing to do for your health. Right. Thank you so much for seeing that in me. What I write in my book, Fears my homeboy about buildups, and you just gave me a really badass buildup, and that felt so good. It's not easy to do specifically as a public person, but it's not easy to do for any human being. And I do agree with you. I think there's been a lot of people in my life had they heeded the warning signs earlier on, they wouldn't have had the the disease, the death 
the car accident, uh, the DWI, the failed marriage, the failed relationships, whatever, the lost years, the lost time, had they heeded the warnings. And I'm heeding those fucking warnings and it's not easy. And I, I might lose friends and I might get labeled. Uh, and I'm probably not an alcoholic, but I have alcoholic tendencies. And I stopped that shit before it became a problem. And I love that you just empowered me with the words and the research uh, from the beautiful Holly Whitaker who wrote a book called Quit Like a Woman. We'll link up to that and We Are the Luckiest. Two books you're gonna hear Amanda and I talk about a little bit on this podcast. Obsessed. I'm obsessed with both of those women. Very, like us, very successful women, um, great careers. And while all of our paths, yeah, all of our paths are very different to get to where we are. um, There's a lot of power that exists in making the decision that you made. And um, it's amazing. And it's- Same for you. Same for you. And you've been a big part of the journey for me. Okay, so a lot of people probably don't know this story, but we do like a yearly retreat and we, um, it's great. We do meet a couple times a year, but anyway, we always meet at Christmas to kind of celebrate the year end and, you know, exchange gifts. And we have been working together a year and I'll never forget this. And you hand me uh, a gift and it's wrapped in a little box and um, you hand me the gift and we do this in my hotel room. So it's nice and private before we go down for dinner. You hand me the gift and you say, I'm an alcoholic, something along those lines. And it was right out of the gate. Like, not like, hey, I want to tell you something. It was like, you know, this is for you and I'm an alcoholic. And I remember just like, oh my gosh, and I gave you a big hug and I opened it and it was the bracelet that, you know, it was like a rosary. What's the base bracelet called? And it's got the water and the sand. Yep. It's a loci bracelet. and bracelet. Yep. I still wear mine. I've worn it every day since I left rehab. And it is the reminder that you can't get caught in the highs and you can't get caught in the lows Mm -hmm. because life is really lived in the center. And I felt like I wore this bracelet and that was a way I could give you something that was important, a, a, a symbol really of my sobriety to myself and not to anyone else. And, um, yeah. And the truth is that I had guarded that as a secret and didn't tell people. And I thought that's not what this relationship is about. And that's not what the message of this community is about. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was doing a disservice. Yeah. Also, also it explains a lot about me, right? Yeah, not just the drinking part, but it explains a lot of other things. So yeah, um, it was amazing and beautiful. And it just really kicked our relationship. It brought it to a whole new level. And at the end of the day, the whole reason I brought that up is you've been such a role model for me. You know, as I take one step forward every single day and put one foot in front of the other every single day and walk through this life and make decisions to live a a mentally strong and sound and beautiful and certainly high vibe life, um, it's not easy. So having people who are modeling behavior that I strive to have, you know, really holding true to who you are, it is not easy to be a sober person and to 
survive and thrive through addiction. And you are doing that every day in environments of extreme change and chaos and disruption. And I want to honor you for that because you light the way, you illuminate the path for people like me and others who are watching. And honestly, I knew that when it was time to do this, you were going to be, it's so funny. I think I said this on our first one. I'm like, I knew we were gonna work together and I knew you were gonna be a part of my life, right? I knew our work relationship was gonna start one way and that it was gonna be, a, you know, um, develop from there and you'd move up, move around in the company and do different things as we build out what we're building out. But who would have thought in a million years you'd turn into, well, certainly a dear friend, but like also my counselor, my sobriety namaste ninja and just, really such a role model for me um, as it relates to this specific topic. So thank you for that. It, it, it doesn't. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. The evolution continues. The evolution, the glow up, the <laughs> the glow glow up. up of us as human beings. Well, listen, um, you know, our, our second ever gin and juiced episode is in the books. Um, if you're worried about losing friends, you may. Um, oh, well. Oh, well. Then, then they weren't ride or die to begin with. And do not ever let a doctor or anyone else label you. Do you have the page number that that's on in Quit Like a Woman, by the way? Because um, that's something I'm going to copy and uh, we'll call it out in show notes. Did you mark it? Page 80. Of course I did, girl, with a post-it oh, note and okay. some highlighting. Yeah. Page 80, quit like a, a woman, really brings home uh, what it means to be an alcoholic and what it means to not be one. Beautiful work. And maybe, Amanda, my TikTok, I need to do another TikTok and I share some of what you just read and said, I just post, maybe that's my follow up to my, am I an alcoholic on TikTok post? And just I say, love it. no one should back you into a corner after posting that I realized how wrong it was for a doctor to do that. Like, yes. And then read a little bit from the book. I think so. And okay, it's really, it's really important as, as we are wrapping this up to make sure that people understand you don't have to get all the way, all the way to bottom before you put your oxygen mask on and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And for those people, I mean, there's a lot of bravery in, in scraping yourself up off the floor, but there's what a lot to be said for the strength it takes for somebody to change course in their life because it's healthier, because they feel better, because they can see the value in themselves. Right. Talk about love yourself. Chapter one. one. We'll come back to fears my homeboy time and time again. If you haven't gotten that book, my goodness, go get you some of that. Uh, we're also on audible, but yeah, that's why I started uh, the book with love yourself because when you love yourself, you become a one woman, a one human, a one person revolution. And that makes you my friend, very, very unstoppable. So I hope we hope you loved this month's gin and juice series as much as we loved making it for you. Do you love this content? Oh my God. Let me know on Instagram. You can DM me. You can DM me anytime at Judy Holler. I'll link up in the show notes, or you can email Amanda and I at hello at judyholler.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we want to know what questions you have. Do you guys know that you can actually record us a voicemail, and we can play it on the air? Uh, make sure you link to show notes or check out the show notes for the link to leave that message for us after the show. It's so good. We'd love to hear your stories and questions about alcohol-free living and or sobriety. Yo, what can we help you with? 
Do you have a story or a resource to share? What do you want more of? So talk to us, use the link in the show notes to record your message and have it played and or answered on the air with us. So as always, oh my gosh, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and thank you for reviewing. And until next week, you know what to do. Keep saying yes. And stay brave. Yay. Bye guys. Bye.